Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Pentecost, as we know it in the New Testament, was not the first Pentecost. The first Pentecost was a given of the law when the Lord gave Moses the law on Sinai and he brought the law down. And the prophet said that, you know, I don't want this law to be on a table of stone. I want it to be written on the hearts of men. And so when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the hearts of men were written on and it was a law written on the fleshly parts of men, not on a table of stone. God never wanted to deal with us with stone tablets, never. He wanted to deal with us with our hearts and with our feelings and with our emotions and with our minds. That's how God wanted to deal with us. And so today we honor Pentecost. We honor Pentecost, a feast day. But on that day is when the Holy Spirit was outpoured, the church was established, and we are recipients of that right now. Can you clap your hands and rejoice? Amen. Amen. Greg and Sherry have some wonderful guests here on the front row with them. Let's give these precious people right here a great hand. God bless them. I know there's a lot of guests in the house, but I have one of my favorite two people in the house today. Uh, Coach Fred and his precious wife, Diane Akers, are in the house today. Coach, I just love the fire out of you. And you know what? I've been thinking about you a whole, whole lot. And I should have called you, but, you know, I'm the kind of person that I don't want to bug you. Because you're a you're a hero to me, and I'm one of these I'm one of these pastors, you know. And a pastor can bug people to death. You know how that is. But I've been thinking about you. And then he walks up to church today, uninvited. Coach and Diane walk into church today. I'm so happy they drove all the way from Horseshoe Bay. Coach, would you and Diane stand up? I want to welcome you. Welcome this precious man and his wife. What an honor! What an honor to have my buddy. Amen. To have my buddy. And he really is a good friend in the fall. (laughs) Amen. I'm not talking about going to the ball games because I don't hardly go to those. I watch those. But I I get to go to practice with Coach Akers. I get to go to practice. And I get to go in there and walk on the field. And uh, it makes you feel kind of special. You know, it really does. So, Coach, remember me this fall. I'll remember you today. You remember me this fall. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you today just, just very briefly and, and, and I, 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 want to, I, don't, I want to share something from my spirit to your spirit today. I think it's very apropos that we talk about this thing called the Spirit of the Lord. I think we need to talk about it. I think we need to dissect it and discuss it and let's, uh, let's dream and see what God can do with our lives and our hearts today. If I were to ask you right now, not with a show of hands, are you satisfied with where you are in God now? Are you satisfied? Could you literally say, yes, I don't want any more of what I have. I have plenty in my life. Could you say that? Or would you say, you know what, Pastor, there's times in my life that I feel empty, that I feel drained, that I feel like that my, my, my energy is just pouring out of me and I need a refill and I need something in my life. That's what church is all about. That's what we're doing here today. We are here today because we believe that church is more than just a meeting place and a fellowship for saints. We believe that church is a place where you can get vertically connected again 
with a community of people to the living God. Amen? Amen. And so that's what church is about. So today, today during this service, today during the time of ministry, I want God to talk to you. I want God to minister to you. I'm not going to be lengthy. In fact, I went to a meeting the other day. I went to a church growth meeting the other day, and and uh, the pastor that was teaching there said, you shouldn't preach over 20 minutes on Sunday morning because you've got next Sunday to look forward to. And so I thought, how can I cut a 30-minute sermon down to 20? And uh, I guess you just run out of something to say. My old pastor used to say, when you run out of something to say, just make something up and fill in the space. But today I'm going to be very succinct. I'm going to be very to the point. I'm going to talk to you straight from my heart. And I believe that God is going to help us in our journey. Would you stand to your feet? I'm speaking today on the Bethany blessing. I'm talking about the Bethany blessing today. Everybody say Bethany. Bethany. Everybody say blessing. blessing. The Bethany blessing. I'm going to read a, a text here with you today. It's going to be on the screen. It's in the NIV. If you're a KJV person, please forgive me and wash me of my sins. He said unto them, Luke 24, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when he had led them out, of, out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And when they worshipped him, and they wor then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Amen. They stayed continually at the temple praising God. I'm going to speak to you today on the Bethany blessing. Everybody say, Lord, Lord. I need one of those today. I those. Amen. I do too. Thank you very much. You may be seated. God bless you real, real good. The place I'm talking about today is Bethany. Bethany is about two miles from Jerusalem. But it's a whole lot different from Jerusalem. For Jesus, Bethany wasn't just someplace close to the city of peace. Bethany was a safe haven. It was a place of rest. It was a place of renewal. It was a place of refreshment. It was a place of relaxation, a home away from home. Bethany was the home of some of Jesus' closest friends. For there, there were two sisters, one named Mary and one named Martha. And they had a brother named Lazarus. And they play significant parts in the ministry of Jesus Christ, but they're not listed among his disciples. Jesus spent considerable time in Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' home. Matthew records that after Jesus cleansed the temple one day by driving out the money changers, he went to Bethany and spent the night there. He got out of Jerusalem. It was in Bethany that Jesus' friend Lazarus also died. And when Jesus went, he saw that the grave was already sealed for Lazarus had been dead four days. And since the Jews did not embalm, the man had to be put in the ground because corruption had set in. But he walked to a cemetery, said, roll away the stone. 
and the stone was rolled away. Then standing in the mouth of that grave, he called with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of that grave, clothed in grave clothes, and he was risen from the dead after corruption had set in. Let me stop and say right now, it does not matter how far people are from God in your family. It does not matter how long they have walked away from this thing called the Lord. It does not matter how long they have challenged His calling in their life. It does not matter how dead you think they are. Jesus can raise anybody back to life again. Amen? Say amen for that. Jesus raised him up. Matthew tells the story of Jesus visiting a house in Bethany of Simon the leper who also lived in that blessed town. This took place six days before Passover. Simon had been a leper. Many people feel that this perhaps in history was Judas Iscariot's father. That I don't know if I can prove or not, but theology many times believes this. But Jesus had healed him. Sometimes, somehow the name stuck. It was in Simon's home while Jesus was eating supper and talking to a group of Pharisees that Mary, the sister of Lazarus, came and anointed Jesus' feet with costly perfume. And then she dried his feet with her hair. She was grateful for what Jesus had done in their family and in their life. Shortly after this event, still in Bethany, Jesus begins his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Maybe the donkey belonged to Lazarus. Who knows? But Jesus initiated the first Palm Sunday parade there in Bethany. So Bethany is one of those kind of places. But the name Bethany simply means unripe fruit. Stay with that now. It's unripe fruit. It's not quite ready to eat. It's, a preparatory, it's in a preparatory stage. And so when, they, when he took the disciples to Bethany... He took them there on purpose. But at the time of our text, the disciples had been on quite an emotional roller coaster ride. They had within the past weeks witnessed their leader, Jesus Christ, open blind eyes and unstopped deafness and raise the dead and perform other miracles. Then they were with him when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray in fervency and heaviness. They were there when the soldiers came to take him away and they were watching in a distance as an angry crowd cried, crucify him. They were near as he was beaten and eventually placed upon a cross to die. And no doubt they were dealing with mixed emotion and even somewhat confused by all the events that were taking place at such a hectic pace in their life. Jesus had died. He was resurrected. And now he was revealing himself to his disciples. And when you look at Luke chapter 24, verse 31 through 40, 38 through 41, you'll see he said to them when he comes to them after his resurrection, why are you troubled? Why does doubt rise in your mind? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It is me. It's myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his feet. And while, he was, while he, they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? And he sat and ate with them because he wanted them to know that he wasn't spirit being. He was totally risen in body from the grave. I want to stop right here. I know it's not Easter Sunday, but churches that preach resurrection every Sunday are churches that are alive and kicking. And I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ's spirit didn't just rise. 
He rose bodily from the grave that day. Amen. Somebody needs to clap your hands and say glory to God. Jesus came out of the grave bodily. Amen to that. So these guys were in a bad, bad state. They had been depressed. They had been confused. So Jesus opens their understanding to the scriptures concerning his purpose for coming. He had performed miracles. He'd healed sickness and disease, but that was not his purpose for coming. He said this about the true purpose for coming. He said, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus came for one reason, to seek and to save that which was lost. Say amen to that. This is what the disciples saw him doing during his three and a half years of ministry. But his purpose was of fulfilling the promise. And the promise was Pentecost. One of the hardest statements that I ever tried to ascertain in my life. And if I would have been sitting there with him when he said it, it would have blown me away. Because Jesus was talking to his disciples one day and he said, It is good for you that I go away. I've got to leave you. I don't understand that, Lord. I can't comprehend that. Because if I don't go away, the comforter that I'm going to send cannot come. I'd like to stop right now before I go any further and tell you you're in a spirit-filled, spirit-led church right now. And we believe with everything that's in our heart that the comforter, the comforter is available to come to us even right now. There is a presence and a power of God that can walk in this service right now and give you a peace that passeth understanding in your own life and in your own heart. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. So Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Wow. He blessed them. What an awesome experience. Jesus blessed the disciples. That word there is E-U-L-O-G-E-O. Eulogio. From Greek, eulogio. Praise, it means to praise, to speak well of. I'm going to praise you today. It means to bless them and to thank them and invoke a benediction upon them. And it also means a prayer of prosperity. I think that everyone in this house would have wanted to be there in that 500 number that day when Jesus began to speak well of those people, began to bless them and invoke a benediction of blessing upon them, and begin to pray a prayer of prosperity. You want anybody to talk well of you today? You want somebody to invoke a benediction of blessing on you? You want somebody to pray some prosperity over you? Well, get ready. We're fixing to do it here right now. Because every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning when you come to this house, we bless you every Sunday morning. After service is over, we'll stand up here at the front of the service, and I love to do it. 
We'll bless you in the name of the Lord. We'll say, Lord, let your face shine upon them. Let your countenance be with them. We bless you in the name of the Lord. And every Sunday, folks, there is a Bethany blessing that is poured out at Christian Life Church. And you are a blessed people because you don't leave here feeling discouraged. Somebody help me. You don't feel here feeling like you're about to lose it. But you leave here feeling, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Amen. So I bless you in the name of the Lord today. I bless you in the name of the Lord today. I bless your job. I bless your family. I bless your house. I bless your children. I bless you in the name. That's what he was doing that day. He was blessing them. He was pronouncing a benediction, a blessing on them. He was saying, you're the finest people that ever followed me. You're the most awesome people that I know. You're the greatest thing that since sliced bread, there's nobody like you. Wow. It's one thing to have a preacher in a blue suit say that to you on Sunday morning. It's another thing to have Jesus say that to you. He blessed them. Wow. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there? 500 people. That's about what we have in this congregation. They about 500 in this first service. 500 people. Can you imagine being blessed by the best? Wow. I bless you. I bless you. I pray a blessing upon you. You are wonderful people. You are blessed people. You have followed me for three and a half years. I bless you today. There's nothing like the blessing of God. And when you leave here, when I'm out of your sight, you're going to be prosperous. You're going to do well. Your health's going to be good. Things are going to be right. I bless you today. If you'd have been there, what would you have done? I'd have done this right here on the front row. I'd been saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for blessing me. And today, in this service, let me repeat it to you. I bless every one of you from the balcony back row to the front row of the church. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless your businesses. I bless your house. I bless your jobs. I bless your money. I bless your health. I bless everything about you. Come on, that gets you excited, doesn't it? Isn't that awesome to know that you're blessed by the best? Nothing. Nothing like being blessed. But something was happening. Something was taking place in these disciples. The blessing was important because it was here that Jesus imparted to his disciples the instruction to go beyond the current blessing of Bethany to a promise that awaited them at Jerusalem. And it was here that Jesus ascended up into glory and was not to be seen again by the disciples. It was also here at Bethany that we are told that many theologians that they, they, they built memorials and considered this spot sacred because Jesus went away from this holy and sacred place. But Jesus never meant for Bethany to be the finality because remember it means unripe fruit. It's not quite there yet. But he blessed them at Bethany. But he didn't stop at Bethany. He said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and I want you to tarry until the promise of my Father, hallelujah, comes upon you. I don't care how theologically sound you are today. This old simple preacher is telling you something. There's something wonderful that Jesus didn't stop by just blessing people and healing people and delivering people and raising people up. He said, I've got something better than all that. I want you to go back to Jerusalem 
and I want you to wait and tarry until the promise of my Father comes upon you. And I want you to rejoice and I want you to get excited because something's coming that's greater than anything you've ever seen in three and a half years. Wow. 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 There's more for humanity than, mirac than the miraculous birth. There's more for mankind than the incredible life I lived. There's even more for humanity than Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. There's more for humanity than Christ's ascension. There's more for the disciples than a blessing at Bethany. And so the blessing of Bethany became the promise of Pentecost. It became the promise of Pentecost. And the Bible said in verse 52 and 53, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And everybody say amen. amen. Years ago, a wealthy businessman from London chartered a group of kids, urban children to the coast. And these children spent a wonderful day at the ocean. And many of the children had never left the city and most had never seen the ocean. But for one blissful day, they ran unfettered over the beaches. It was a splendid day filled with vivid memories. And on the ride back to London, the businessman went through the bus speaking to each of the kids. And toward the back of the bus, he noticed a little boy sitting alone with a wistful look on his face. And in the boy's grimy hands was a bottle half filled with water from the ocean. And he pointed to the bottle and asked, what are you doing with that? And the boy said he was taking it to his mother because she too had never seen the ocean. And the businessman was quiet for a moment. Then he asked the boy why the bottle was only half full. And without hesitation, the boy replied, LF room, sir, for the tide to come in. <laughs> Has anyone here left room for the Holy Spirit tide to come into your life? I don't care how many blessings you get in life. I don't care how much God blesses you and blesses you and blesses you with prosperity and blesses you with benediction and blesses you with speaking well of you. There is something that you've got to leave room for in your life. There is a tide of the Spirit that wants to baptize every believer in all the world here today. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And John said, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. And when he comes, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody needs to leave room for the tide in your life. Amen. 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 Luke goes on to pen this in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. He said in the former book, Luke wrote the book of Luke, and then he wrote the book of Acts. He said in the former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 12 through 14, same chapter. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. It was a Sabbath day walk from the city. That's Bethany back to Jerusalem. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room. And while they were where they were staying, and there were present Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot and Judas, the son of James. And they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. Mary was there to receive the promise of the Father. And Luke continues in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying what the Word is saying. That the Bethany blessing is here for you every Sunday. But sometime in your life, you've got to take the Bethany blessing more more to your heart than ever before and walk to a place where you can have your own personal Pentecost with Jesus Christ in your life because it's amazing how close you can feel to God when you're around people who are filled with the Spirit. It's amazing how well it feels when Esau walks up to Jacob whose name is now Israel because Jacob had had a wrestling match all night long and they both wept and fell on each other's shoulders. But Esau never had that walk with God that Jacob had. It's amazing how good Lot can feel when he walks with Abraham and Abraham had a God that he trusted but Lot never trusted that God. He just trusted Abraham who walked with that God. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is for everybody. Jesus Christ wants to feel every heart. He wants to fill every believer. He wants to fill every life. You don't have to just hang on to a person that's hanging on. You need to have a fullness of God in your life for yourself today. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. Amen. I read something so, so cute the other day. This is cute. A psychologist there's a certain psychologist her name is Martha Beck. And she reports that many of her clients miss great opportunities for happiness because they're afraid of the challenge or afraid of failure or afraid of change. So they often concoct lame excuses to explain their negative initiative. In an article in Old Magazine, she recounts snippets of actual conversations she's had with unfulfilled clients. Many, many, she thought would really line up, but she said, I, I, I want to tell you some of these things. I want you to hear what, what some of them said when I ask them these questions. So here's the question. Beck, you've been invited to Ralph the Grand Canyon this summer. That's great. It's exactly what you've always wanted to do. Client said, yeah, but I can't go. I have to get my teeth cleaned that week. Actual accounts. Here's another Beck. If you really love this man, marry him. Client, yeah, but what if he dies before I do? Here's another one. Boy, they're silly. Beck, so you say you'd do anything to work in an automobile industry, and you have the credentials. You could start applying for jobs now. Client, yeah, but I'm too tall. And Martha Beck determined that when a person comes back with you with a yeah, but, they're never going to get the fullness of what they need in life. So I can talk about the Holy Spirit and filling to believers today, but there's a lot of people say, yeah, but. I think we ought to take the B-U-T and kick it out of here. 
It's time. Psychologists say that, that people that are going to receive from God don't, always, don't ever say, yeah, but, and have an excuse, a limp-wristed excuse. But people that are ready to go forward say, yes, and. There's both conjunctions, but I'm telling you something. You hear me right now. We're, I'm tired of people when the Holy Spirit is so free in the world today. Saying, Pastor, you know what? Yeah, but you know, I wasn't raised to believe all that. It don't matter what you was raised to believe. Quit yeah, button the Lord here today and say, yes, I hear what you say, Pastor, and I'd like to go further in the Lord than I've ever gone in my life. Yes, and I believe that God can heal my family. Yes, and I believe God can feel me. Yes, and I believe I can go further than I've ever been in my life. I've got to close. I've got to close. It's been 20 minutes. Tina Fey. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about or not. She's a comedian. She thought she was Sarah Palin for a while. <laughs> she did a pretty good job. She said, I can see Russia from my back porch. But Tina Fey, when she got into comedy... When she got into comedy, she said that the hardest thing to do was to do improv. Do improv. Now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what's improv in church. You can't command. You can't command. I command you to receive the Spirit. I command you. You can't do that. It's got to be an open heart, an honest soul. It's got to be a hunger. It's got to be an appetite for the, the more of God. But she said when she got into improv, which is kind of like what church is, when she got into improv. They told her, if you say yes and, when you say yes, said all the channels of your mind open up. And said, when you say and, after you say that and, the right thing is going to come out of your mouth. Boy, I love this. And Tina Fey said, the reason I became the comedian that I have become is because I didn't say yeah, but, but I said yes and. Yes and. I believe with all my heart the only thing that's holding some people back to a deeper experience in God, to a greater one-on-one -on -one relationship with deity, is just saying yes to Him. Not, yeah, but, you know, I've had bad church experience. Yeah, but, you know, I was in one of these churches one time, and I got my feelings hurt, and the pastor came back and shook me silly, and I, I, I like to lost my mind, and, and he, he wore me out, and he preached hard to me. Yeah, but I'm tired of hearing the yeah buts in life. I've been pastor of this church 23 years and have been kind and faithful and generous and loyal to you people. But I want to tell you something. Some of you need to go past the Bethany blessing today. You need to go beyond the Bethany blessing. You need to go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father and be endued with power from on high because there's something greater in your life that's coming down the road in your future. Amen. One man said it best. He was a pastor standing at Niagara Falls one day, and the man standing next to him commented, You know, he looked at Niagara Falls and said, That's the greatest unused power in all the world. And the pastor looked at him and said, No, I'm afraid I have to disagree with you, sir. The greatest unused power in the whole world is the Holy Spirit. The pastor was right. The Holy Ghost is a dimension in our world still yet to be explored. And I am not saying that people that have not received it are second class or third class. No, 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 no. It's a promise for the believers. 
It's a promise for you today. And all I'm doing is just trying to shove you into the lane and saying, come on, do you want to explore something greater? Instead of saying, yeah, but, why don't you say yes and? Let's go forward and see what God will have for us in our life right here today. Amen. Randy, would you come? I'm closed. He blessed them at Bethany. He blessed them at Bethany. He prayed a benediction over them. He prayed and spoke well of all of them. He blessed them. He really did. He blessed them. He blessed them publicly. But he said, it's not over. It's more than a blessing of being in the presence of the Lord. It is a promise that my Father is going to send to you. You can have your own personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ yourself. Amen. Amen. And so today, so today, so today, I got to thinking of words. If I could, if I could put one word in my life, and I'm done. If I could put one word in my life, what one word would describe me? So I thought of the word emotional. Yeah, I am. I thought of the word lover. Stay with me now. I love people. I love things. I love life. I love my family. I love Coach Akers and his sweet wife. I love. I'm a lover. An artist? Yeah. I like art. I love art, love good singing, love things. I like to go to plays. I enjoy things. I can't draw a straight-legged hog with a ruler. But I love, I love art. Passionate, I would say I was passionate. That word fits me. I'm impassioned about what I do. But then I thought, that's all positive stuff. What if I, what if I, my negative? Well, maybe I'm a little cynical sometimes. Maybe I can get a little negative sometime in my, in my speech. Maybe I get a little negative in my thought process and I try to get it out as quick as I can. And the next word came was imperfect and that's true. I'm, I'm not a perfect person. I'm really not. I'm not a perfect person. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not perfect. There's a lot of imperfections in all of us, but I am talking about me. Sinner? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I really am. Which brought me to the word that I think best describes me today. And it's a word that I'll cling to when I stand before him one day. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. And when a, when a man called Christ Jesus, the Son of God, would go to a cross for me and die for me and give all he had, I think he's gotten more for me than just a blessing. I think he wants to walk in my soul. I think he wants to walk inside of me. I think he wants to birth something inside of me. I think he wants to breathe life in me. I think he wants to come where no man can ever go except him. Because I'm redeemed because of his death and his burial and his resurrection. I've got to let him in. I must let him in. I must let him in to my life and to my heart. Bow your heads and close your eyes just a moment. 
God let him in. I've got to let him in. I must let him in. I want to tell you, personal Pentecost is available today. God wants to mildly empower you because we are empowered for a purpose. While your heads bowed and your eyes are closed and nobody looking, please, no usher, no one, everybody with their heads bowed and their eyes closed. I wonder today, I wonder today if it would be all right if I would ask you now a question I started the sermon with today. Is there anybody here that would like to have more than just being blessed in church, would like to have a personal one-on-one walk with Jesus Christ and have your personal personal Pentecost today. Would you like that? Would you raise your hand all over the house? Come on, raise your hand. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Raise your hand all over the house. Raise your hand. Now put your hands down. Please put your hands down. Now I'm going to ask you something. This is the toughest part. This is the toughest part. I'm going to ask you something today. I'm going to ask you something today. You're brave enough to raise your hand. Are you brave enough to walk this aisle? Now, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But I I think it would be very important. I want our staff to come right now. I want our staff to come and our prayer partners and our prayer counselors. I want them to come right now. Be ready to receive people at this altar here right now. I want you to come right now. I want you to come. I want you to come right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Amen. I want you to come. I want the prayer partners to come. Now, in just a moment, we're going to all stand. We're going to all stand. And you're going to have an opportunity to walk this aisle here today. You're going to have a chance to walk this aisle here today. And when you walk this aisle, when you walk this aisle today, I want you to say to yourself, I'm coming for more than just a blessing today. I'm coming for my personal Pentecost. I'm coming for a move of God in my life. I'm coming for the baptism of the Spirit. If you have never confessed your sins, if you've never repented, if you've never opened your heart to the Lord, you need to do that this morning. But then I want you to follow through because the Holy Spirit is for every believer in this house today. Amen? Every believer. So let's stand to our feet. Everybody stand. Nobody, nobody's embarrassed here today. Nobody's embarrassed. Ushers, if you'll come and you'll help us here today just a little bit. If you'll come. I want us to have people pour to this altar, though. If you raise your hand, I want you to walk this aisle right now. I want you to walk this aisle and come and just gather around the front. Everybody come and cluster around the front here. If you raise your hand, I want you to come right now. Look at this beautiful flow. Look at this beautiful flow right now. Come on, clap your hands. Come on down. Let them come on down. Let them come on down today. Let them come on down. Let them come on down. Let them come on down. We're going to have... And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.